Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to those artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. Simple, right? Beautiful, lovely, wonderful, amazing. And we thank you for taking the time to join us. This is episode number 90. Crazy, right? Noventa. And we're having a wonderful time. This week's guest is Grammy Award winning. That's right, folks. Holy shit, right? Matt Taylor, a.k.a. Matt Varnish of Varnish Studios. Really great episode. It's a great episode because not only is he an incredible designer, artist, working with some amazing you know, musicians and breweries, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Trey Anastasio. He also, you know, works with The Brewery, Lost Abbey, Brewery West, and, you know, a slew of other uh, breweries that we will talk about. But it's a great story because Matt is a hard worker. He's passionate. He loves what he does. He goes big, and he comes up with some incredible designs. You know, if you look at the work with Brewery West, there's amazing, super unique die cuts. The work on, you know, he won the Grammy for Stadium Arcadium. And his story will really resonate with you, not only because it's inspiring, but it just shows you that anything is possible and kind of, you know, go for it, right? Go big or go home. And, you know, Matt is a great example of that. You know, he's really just an easy guy to talk to. He's a natural. We could have you know, sat and chatted for, for hours and would have just flown. And he's got great stories, kind of very, you know, detailed, fun, passionate. And so I think this is a really uh, great episode for, for people to, to check out. And it's episode 90, which again is, is crazy. So make sure you check out Matt's work at, you know, Matt Varnish on Instagram, Varnish Studio, singular.com on the webs, the worldwide webs, you know, the interwebs. And, uh, yeah, tell Matt we said hello. You're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas. Like I said, 16ozcanvas.com is our website. 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also, you know, check out the, the hashtag. We're over a 1,000 hashtags strong, which is a wonderful thing. We thank everybody for that. It's really growing. And we're, we're you know, we're part, of, we're part of something special here. We've got, you know, artists designers friends from around the world it's been lovely just this week um, you may have seen we we launched something really cool with our you know friend casper uh, ledette of uh, tuo uh, which is a, a danish brewery out of denmark which is what means be danish but if you go to our youtube channel there's also a link on the instagram page the history of art it's um, it's a really cool uh, unique interpretation and mixed visual and musical you know, piece that he put together with uh, the composer and musician Emily, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Emil Sylvester Jacobson. And as he describes, the piece interprets art history as being a highly subjective matter. In the history of art, the progression of events is observed through the eyes of a designer who had been growing up in the Danish welfare state and has been influenced by Western modernism, post-punk, and science. The piece is a personal account of how meaning is formed through thought, understanding, and maybe even misinterpretation of history. Does history lead to certain predictable outcomes, and are those outcomes universally accepted? Let us know. 
So yeah, check it out. YouTube, it's, uh, just search for us, 16 Ounce Canvas on there. And we thank you for, for listening. So I just think we should get right into it. It's Friday. People are having a great, you know, getting ready for the weekend here on the East Coast, trying to stay warm. Out there in Cali, probably in shorts, bastards, and uh, rocking the flips. I know my boy Dom down at, uh, at Beer Culture down there in Florida. We regularly check in, and he's always rocking the flops and, you know, just you know kicking it in the shorts. And so much love to the Beer Culture. If you haven't checked their, them out, please do give them some love. They're really shaking things up, really impassioned and dedicated. And Dom's got a book coming out early next year, so look for that. We'll definitely be previewing that. And getting some copies that we can get into your hands so much love and yeah you're listening to 16 ounce canvas episode number 90 noventa right here 160 z canvas not the 12 or 14 not the 22 but we are the 16 ounce canvas often replicated never duplicated but imitation is the sincerest form of flattery so keep at it folks here we go Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, checking in right outside of Denver, Mr. Matt Varnish, the founding member, the creative force behind Varnish Studios. Uh, VarnishStudio.com is the website, but thanks so much, Matt, for, for taking the time to join us. We kind of, you know, we came to learn of Matt through his work with, you know, Brewery West, but to say that was his only, you know, uh, dip in the in the space would be kind of extremely limiting if you go to his website you can see such a really just a a vast portfolio from you know obviously we get a lot of uh connections to our you know fish guys so the work he did with trey he's even done work with uh the brewery we're big black tuesday fans uh talib kuli 30 seconds to mars my chemical romance i mean it's it's uh it's pretty impressive to say the least so really excited to, to have you be a part of the, the project matt and you know thanks for for making the time thanks for having me yeah excellent so so Matt, you can follow along with him also on uh, the Instagram. It's kind of fun to see. It's a good mix of kind of, you know, life, art, you know, business, and, you know, pretty much every family and everything in between. So I do, there's a good energy to you. You know, you uh, don't take yourself too seriously and, you know, work hard, play hard. So I really, I really dig on that. Well, thanks. I appreciate that because sometimes I think, oh man, my, uh, my my Instagram is is a is a sloppy mess of things, but if it if it entertains people, then that's fine. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that especially when you're your you're your own boss, right? Like it's hard to you're never really off in a way, right? You're always creating and working, and then you show the reasons that we all work hard is our family. So I th- I, I I always love that. I mean, I think that everyone makes their own choice and has a theme for their Instagram, and uh, I always you know as a as a father of two, I, I always applaud you know, a little glimpse into stuff. It, you know, I think it helps keep me, keeps me sane and, and laughing and kind of, especially around the holidays. I don't know. I think it's just, I, I'm on board. I can't speak for the, you know, your other thousands of followers, but I definitely, uh, I'm a fan. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate that. My, my two boys are definitely a big motivator. You know, I'm, I got all these guys uh, needing to be fed and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <So. laughs> Yeah, right. When you when the grocery bills start racking up because their appetites get bigger and bigger, you're like, oh shit, I got to work a little harder today. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I got a 12 year old now. It's, it's oh, kind Jesus. of blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, right. And so. we keep stay we keep staying young and invigorated, so it works out well. Yeah. So yeah. So like I said before, you I mean your your portfolio is pretty great. I mean, I, I'm a big music guy. You know, that's kind of where I got my start, as I was telling you before. So music is probably one of the most important things for our family. So. 
but I would just kind of, you know, what's the, what's the Matt Varnish story? Like, how did you, how did you get yourself into, you know, how'd you get yourself into, you know, doing this and, you know, music and, you know, I know it's kind of a very vague question, but that's why I love it. Cause I just kind of sit back and let, I mean, even do work with World of Warcraft, dude, like my, my, my brother-in-law is going to geek out. We had a very big wow period <laughs> in our life. And so it was, uh, yeah. Lost many, many hours of sleep playing that, but that was pre-kids though. So I haven't played in a while. Yeah, probably best. <laughs> well, okay. So my, my, uh, creative journey or story is actually pretty, uh, all over the map, but, um, I, I feel I've been super blessed and fortunate. And then also I just, for, I don't know, I think it was just in my DNA. I just kind of have this like season opportunity, even if it seems wacky kind of thing. And it all began, um, so I, I, um, I'm from the Midwest. I, I like grew up in outside of Chicago and Arlington Heights. And then when I was 13, I moved to Columbia, Missouri, which is where, um, my dad is from. And, uh, so I stayed there and, and then went to the university of Missouri there. And, um, so I was always like a creative guy and I kind of thought photography would be my thing in college. And I, our art school was not really well funded. It, you know, it, it was, it was just, I, I enjoyed it, but I could tell right away, like if you went to like a, a student conference or something that, you know, we kind of didn't have all the resources that others did. And so um, I think it was, I don't know, in my second year, maybe I, I kind of have to tell on myself here. I actually had a six year undergrad because I was a, a little not so focused and time off and half, half class loads and stuff like that. But anyway, so I took, a graphic design class and I, I, it sounds like horny, but basically the whole world kind of opened up in front of my eyes. Like I didn't know, I, you know, my, my dad was a pilot. My mom was just, you know, like a, a mom. And so the creative stuff really wasn't, it was just me and my family. So, um, but when I took this design class, the whole world just like exploded. And like, I had this language for stuff that I'd noticed all my life, you know, like serifs and sans serifs and, I, it was kind of amazing. So basically, if you fast forward a little bit, um, I, I really threw myself into that. I realized that, you know, we we didn't have all the other resources that some of the art school had. And I just didn't want to let that be an excuse. So I worked really hard. And um, one of my professors, my uh, last year, I was like, the, I was the president of the uh, graphic design club. We called it Imprint, which was basically just a, a drinking club. <laughs> but <laughs> I was the president nonetheless. And I, I got some funding from, this, from the um, student union. One of my professors had lived in Los Angeles and knew another uh, creative guy. His name was Tim Stedman. He was an art director at MCA Records, but he taught on the side. And that's how they knew each other. She told me about him. I got the money we flew him out. And basically that was my first like, like little glimpse of an opportunity. And I seized upon it like crazy. I, at the time I worked at a restaurant. So I like asked the restaurant to cater and blew out all the, you know, all the stops for it. We had a, a senior art show and, and uh, we, you know, made it really nice for him and all this stuff. And he did a portfolio review. And, and then I kept, after he left, I kept, you know, on him and emails and stuff like that. And then this, it was basically, let's see, I think I was about to graduate, like a few months before I was about to graduate, he had, he emailed me and said, we have two design positions that are going to come open at MCA Records. And, um, you know, we can't, we're not going to fly you out here, but if you can get out here, we'll interview you. And so 
I got a plane ticket. I got out there and basically had a job. Like, I think it was like a month or a few weeks before I actually graduated. They offered me the job. So it was really awesome. And so I, this was in 1999. And so, um, I was 25, yeah, 25 and, um, packed up my car and put my stereo in it, my dog in it, my clothes. And then I moved out to Los Angeles. And then I, I, that was my crack into the music industry. And so I worked at MCA records for a couple of years and I worked, um, I was basically a design scrub and I'm, I'm not even joking when I say like my, uh, first things that I was doing was putting the stickers on the CDs that said like includes the hit, you know? Um, and, and it, it, as funny as this sounds, but like, I kind of have blink 182 to thank for all of this because that was MCA had had those guys that was enema of the state. And that thing was just so freaking hot and just selling like crazy that they needed some support. And so I, next thing I know I was doing the stickers and then I do like some like random European single or something where I was just rehashing somebody else's art. But yeah, so that's really where I got my start in the music industry. And, um, and then from there, I sort of moved around quite a bit. Um, one of the art directors named Kenny Grabulus, he left after, two, well, he had been there for a while, but after a, my second year, he left, started Grabulus Inc. And then asked me to come work for him. And I was his first employee. And he is like, I mean, like my mentor, like he was, am is amazing. And has a fantastic studio that everybody should check out, gravelousinc.com. Um, but he's super into the movie poster stuff now and does really amazing work. But I worked for him for a couple of years, and then I thought maybe I would try to be a freelancer because I always kind of had that independent spirit. Um, and that didn't really pan out for a little bit. Then I went and worked for another place called Art Machine for a couple of years, and that, and that was like my foray into like heavy duty Photoshop learning and like crazy theatrical, like heads in the sky comps and like making things out of nothing. And it was like awesome learning for Photoshop skills there. Um, and then while I, um, while I was at art machine, like I, I actually got married at that same time. And I had also right before they like brought me on full time, they had, um, I had sent out all these promos and that's where I sort of adopted this moniker of Matt Varnish because my name is actually Matt Taylor, which a lot of people don't know, but um, at MCA, one guy had called me Matt Varnish, like M-A-T-T-E, sort of a design dork joke. And uh, I, I just was like, well, what should my name be? So I came up with Varnish Studio then. So anyway, so I, while I was at Art Machine, one of my promos that I had sent to Warner Brothers Records um, was on the creative director, Ellen Wakiyama's desk. And they had... I think flood damage or something and they had to move their offices. And so like my promo went from the bottom of her stack up to the top. And then mm -hmm. she saw it for the first time. Right. And like, she called me and she says, Hey, we've got this thing. And could you come and like do this? Uh, uh, you know, I can't even remember what it was. Um, she wanted me to like go art director photo shoot. And it was kind of funny because at the time I would have only called myself like a designer, you know? So, um, I noticed when I did these like two year jumps to job, to job, to job, you kind of have this interesting thing that happens where it's like, okay, I've got a blank slate where no one really knows what I can or can't do. And I, you know, you, you can kind of like up your, up your game a little bit to everybody each time. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm an art director now, you know? So, so anyway, so I, I, I couldn't, 
I couldn't do that because I just accepted this full-time position at art machine. And it was like the first like paid, like, you know, salary gig I had had in a while. And, um, I, uh, so what I did and it was crazy and I could only do, I can't do this now I'm 44, but like I would, I said, okay, I can't do that, but I can do this. And I, I started working on the OC soundtracks from that TV show, you know, and I would, moonlight so and i at the time i lived in culver city and i could ride my bike to work and ride my bike home at lunch and um from art machine and so like i would like go outside and like someone would call me from the record label and i'd go outside and take a call like for revisions or something and and then at lunch i'd run home and like do that and send it back out and come back and do my art machine work and then at night i'd go home and like work on albums and stuff because that's really what i wanted to do you know i was like i love the art machine job but i wanted to be in the music industry and so anyway so um, after I did that for a long time, it seems like a long time, I don't know, maybe it was six or eight months, but it was like, it was a lot of, a lot of hard work and long hours. Um, they, Warner Brothers was like, okay, guess what? We have an art director position. You can come here if you'd like. And then I was like, done. So then um, I went and I worked at Warner Brothers. And I, I think the year now is 2004. I want to say I think that's right anyway so um yeah so then I did that for a while and then that's when things just really turned the corner for me and that's when like because you know I was now an art director and I like I worked on my chemical romance and I did a smashing pumpkins album and then I got then I got the big the big daddy which was um for the first time ever the red hot chili peppers wanted to take their artwork in-house at meaning you know at the record label and my boss handed me that job. And uh, that was like, I mean, I could spend three podcasts talking about that experience because that was insane. But anyway, so like, and then that led to me winning a Grammy for best art direction of a special edition box set of, of the, uh, the Chili Peppers. And so that's when I really felt like, okay, this is what it's about for me, like packaging, you know, like the coming up with original packaging. I loved it. And then, I was validated that that was the 2006 Grammys. And then I was validated the next year, 2007. I got nominated twice in the same category for him, um, Venus doom and my chemical romance, the black parade. And um, I guess the part I, I skipped at that point was like, when I got that, when I got nominated, I had, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. <laughs> I, 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 I decided that, you know what? And this doesn't make any sense when I retell the story, but it's like I was going to have my first son and I was sick of being a commuter from the west side of LA to Burbank, the 10 to the 405 to the 101 to the 134. It's like, shoot me in the face, please, every single day, you know? And so I, I just was like, I'm, I don't want to be a dad that's never around. I'm just going to hang it up from there. I'm going to work from home. And, and then that's when Varnish Studio officially, officially started. It was August of 2006. My son was born in November of 2006. And then that uh, January, I won the Grammy for the Chili Peppers. So that wasn't totally chronological, but that was that's the whole genesis of Varnish Studio. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so I've been doing my own thing for 12 years now. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, any story, <laughs> any story that starts with, I decided to go on my own after I won a Grammy... It's pretty pretty incredible, right? I mean, I think that's just great. Yeah, I think that what I love what I love is because we were talking before, like you know, 
the fact that you're you had a side hustle that was Warner Brother Records that you were like secretly doing on the side was a insane and b amazing that you made that work that you know we I think I don't know especially when you have kids you know that doesn't which doesn't kill us makes us stronger I mean and that just really just shows yeah. your your work ethic also shows how you know tuned in you are to your craft that you're able to you know bang out that stuff and you know really maximize your time and get what you really wanted to do which is you know where where you are i mean i know the culmination of everything was to be on a random podcast so i think that really just kind of yeah you should, you should yes. really yeah you can really quit at this point i mean i think you really should just this you know, is the you, cherry yeah this is really it i mean not working with the chili peppers <laughs> or anything like that and yeah which is amazing, folks. You yeah. Get it, which I like about your website too. It has like the the classic block photos of kind of the the teaser image or the you know, and then you you dive in and it's really, uh, you know, it's it's fitting that a a layout specialist like yourself has you know has the awesome layout. And you can see the uh, Stadium Arcadium, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, you know, set, which which is pretty great. Yeah. Well, and listen, I, again, you're kind of like making me glow here because uh, to me, my website is old and I freaking want to get a new one going, but I can't find any time to do it. So. Yeah. But that dude, <laughs> dude, yeah, Matt, we get that all the time. Like that's like, if I could take like common things from everybody there was like, my website's so out of date. It's like, no, because you're busy and you're working. Like, you know, that's really what it comes yeah. down to. And I think it just, that's just the reality of things is that folks, you know, or you're, you're busy with actual clients and your website will never be up to date as you want it to be. And so that's, you know, I, I, that's how I look at it. I, I, the bad joke we use is if it said it was, uh, you know, updated, you know, the, the weekly, if every time I checked back, you had another update for it, I would say you probably need uh, to spend a little more time on the, the business development front and not the uh, right. website front. So. Totally. <laughs> now were you, were you a music guy? Like, did you play music or just, I mean, you just like me and just music was kind of just part of who you were? You know, how did, you know, how did you kind of make that decision? Yeah. So it's a super interesting thing. My dad, like I mentioned, was a pilot, but he has a very unique hobby and he collects and rebuilds player pianos. Um, so I grew up with literally like anywhere between four and six grand pianos in the house and with the roles that play the music not only did that sort of like inform just music in my life but also the graphics like if you look at some of the stuff my like tim burton box set or my flying machine stuff it, it's totally what i was looking at with these roles which were very much like 1920s you know sort of a lot of fancy ornamentation and stuff a lot of gold and black and you know piano decals and all that so yeah, so the music was always around, but it was in more of a, like a classical way, you know. And um, I, I I dabbled with playing the piano. That was always the joke. Is like we had all these pianos in the house and no one could play any of them. <laughs> so it's like I didn't play piano very well. I tried the saxophone and I just didn't. It just wasn't for me, you know. So like I, I the thing I was always good at was the art, and I love music, you know. And I had all my different phases of loving music, you know you know, classic rock, gangster rap. I mean, you name it. There's been a time in my life where I've been into all these different genres, but yeah. So then once I, I mean, really when I met that art director at a record label, I, I picked his brain about, it. I was like, Oh my God, I could like be in this, this world and not have to play the guitar or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the portfolio of artists, I mean, again, you know, Ben Harper to Trey, some 41, uh, you know, Talib Kweli, uh, 30 seconds, real red hot chili peppers. Mike, I mean, it's really cool too. It's a, it's a, it's not just a one style of music, which is, you know, some folks 
limit themselves because they don't you know aren't as vast with music and i think it's uh i don't know for, for me I'm, I'm a i'm a huge music guy like you said i, I definitely equate the music and styles of music to different periods of my life and so i can i think it's just really cool that you're somebody who helps you know visualize those those moments and i also like the fact you're a few years older than me so i do like that also <laughs> well you know what was interesting was like when i got to when i got to mca i was like oh this is weird there's like five or six art directors and like you're the hip-hop guy you're the heavy rock guy you know and then i and so i would have to do work for all of them I was like, man, I don't want to be like pigeonholed into some sort of visual, you know, like I want to be able to like shape shift. And I mean, this is actually a good segue to this story. When we learned that Paris Hilton was going to be making a record, I actually volunteered for it because I was like, here's an amazing opportunity to take something that's a total joke and try to make it look serious. Like what a creative challenge this is. So, um, so yeah, you can add Paris Hilton to my musical roster. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right. I like the fact you take that like a, a fucked up badge of courage. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, the best thing that came out of that, you can look this up on YouTube, is that Banksy freaking punked that record and went and like re redid his own twist on all the, the art that I made and put it back into the stores all over um, the UK. Oh, there you go. I just saw. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. Yeah, that, right. They say uh, <laughs> imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? And he's a. Uh, yeah. He's great at that. Yeah, I saw. I was in uh, Amsterdam, and they had probably, at that time the largest, you know, Banksy you know, collection in one place. And it was at their at the moment there, and it was it was it was awesome. I mean, they had huge chunks of concrete that like, that they you know cut out of buildings to that were part of the display. It was it was wild. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and I'm yeah I'm geeking out because I I remember the like I said I'm a big fish guy so you know and with Trey and I've seen him a number of times so that paper wheels I remember getting that and just being blown away how it was just so unique and you know something like I never really seen before it had a I guess the only time I saw something similar to that was with uh, was one of the the Pearl Jam albums I think maybe No Code that had all the the photos inside of it and stuff like that so yeah I yeah. really I really like that you know I remember the the CD at the time. Sorry, kids. I don't even know if you know what that is. If you're, if you're, but it's a thing. Compact you disc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but looking now, but looking at the label, looking at the 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 disc. I mean, that would be. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's all not on vinyl. I hope they. I, I should look for that. I think it would just look beautiful on vinyl. Wait, did you get the, did you get the Trey album on vinyl? No, I have I had it on CD. But I'm just thinking like I. Oh, the, oh, more, the more I look so, at so it on vinyl, thing. like yeah. Yeah, so it, there's there's twelve sleeves that are die cut that are all like there's one the record and then there's like six sleeves on it on each record yeah. representing each song and then the die cuts go all the way through to the final. So yeah, you should definitely uh, definitely yeah maybe, say, maybe Matt Varnish could send you one of those. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, I'm just like I said that's why I'm saying that, that's why I'm, I was commenting your website because I think it's 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 really, the the way you lay it out really allows to see the intimacy of some of your work, and I think it's really nice to you know with the the photos that you're choosing and stuff like that. So again, varnishstudio.com is the website, folks. If you want to follow along with me geeking out over stuff, <laughs> can I? Can I? This is like such an amazing segue here. Yeah, dude. Um, the the, photo, the more yeah, the more you, the plug. more yeah, the more you talk, the less I have to do. So yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Segue segue away, <laughs> no, my friend. Well, yeah. Because the photos, which really make my website, are going to tie this all together to beer. 
my good friend, John Schultz, who is in San Diego, does all my product photography. And that's why things look so, I mean, like I design them, they look cool. But then he really can take what I've done and like put it into a photograph and make you understand like the printing and the embossing or the die cutting or whatever, you know? And so here's another weird story. Um, I had uh, for a while, I, I'm a one man show now, but I used to have like in LA, I was like, would always have sort of a, a fresh batch of interns, AKA art slaves. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, and then I had two different employees at two different times. And the longest one I had, Anna Tess was just this awesome uh, woman that I worked with. And um, she, so, so random, I, I needed to have something shot. We were going to pitch the Tim Burton, Danny Elfman box set to the, their managers from Warner Brothers. And we wanted to, the, the record company wanted to have um, the product photography shot really well so that these guys could quickly look at a bunch of stuff and understand how these cool special edition packages that Warner Brothers had been releasing and try to hype them up. And um, Anna, who came from the East Coast, um, she had bookmarked in school this guy, John Schultz, who was a photographer in San Diego. And so when I brought up the need for a product photographer, she's like, oh, I've had this bookmark forever. She's like way more organized than I will ever be in my life. <laughs> and so I pulled up the guy's site and I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Look at all this stuff. Look at all these cool beers. His website is Studio Schultz, no T in that, dot com. So I call the guy up. And uh, it just so happened he, he happened to be near his phone and like, you know, someone else didn't answer it. We started talking and we totally just broed out forever. talked about music kind of like you and I are doing. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's like a, he's like the dude for beer, uh, beer product photography in San Diego and shoots stuff for, you know, all the big guys, Stone and Green Flash and Moss Abbey and all these guys. And so, you know, him, shoot, he was, he's a big record collector and, loves music and saw my work and he's like oh my gosh I'm geeking out this is awesome so brought all this uh, stuff to him and got him to shoot all this stuff for Warner Brothers and then you know I uh turned around and I was like hey I love this guy he's awesome so I found out a way to get like a do another shoot I pitched this idea for some 41's uh like best of um uh album cover I, th I think what was it like I can't remember the name of it but anyway we made a bento box with their faces of sushi. <laughs> it was totally weird. And uh, I saw it was, but really what it was is like, I got to go to San Diego and do a shoot in this guy's studio and finally get to meet him. Cause we'd only talked on the phone and while I'm there. I'm like, his studio is freaking amazing. It's huge and pinball machines. And he's got like, a, like an old film uh, refrigerator stocked with beer and kegs. And like, it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. And I have to totally like just bust myself right here. But like at the time I was straight up like Bud Light drinker and I'll never forget. Like he just was like, here, try this. And it, it was a stone Russian Imperial stout that he had on draft. And I'm like, Holy cow, flavor town. This is amazing. And so I brought home growlers of that gave them to my wife. We drank it. We loved it. And, uh, and then I was like, dude, you got to get me into this. Like, who do you know? You work with all these people. Can you get me in the door someplace? You know? And so I said, it's like, good, good segue, right? Like, so he's super um, good buddies with Tommy Arthur at Lost Abbey. And um, 
just, I can't remember exactly how it all went down, but basically I got my toe in the door because I got to go there, meet and talk with them and like, Hey, let me design some t-shirts for you. I, I make t-shirts for bands and stuff. Let me do this for you. So that was the very first thing I ever did for beer was a series of t-shirts for the lost Abbey. And then um, that went super well. And I, I vibed pretty well with Tommy and really enjoyed hanging out at the, the brewery, a cool brewery to be at. And just like, you know, like the culture and everything. And, and then right at the same time, then I think because that went well and they seemed to like, you know, what I was doing and stuff and kind of let me in on this big project that they had been working on, which was the ultimate box set. And uh, so just started to pitch some ideas again, sort of using John Schultz as my liaison and stuff. And we came up with this uh, wacky idea that we'll put a 12 pack of 375 millimeter, millimeter, milliliter uh, bottles inside of a roadie case because they were basing all of their beers off of, you know, rock, rock tracks like highway to hell and all that stuff. So there was going to be these 12 tracks inside of this roadie case. And then, through all my special packaging that I've been do, doing, you know, these guys know where to get like cartons and, you know, cage and cork stuff and bottles, but like, this is way out of their, you know, wheelhouse. And I'm like, well, I know how to get this produced. And so I, I actually designed all that stuff. Sean Dominguez is, a, you know, their label artist who does the paintings and stuff, but like I designed the box and the, all the stuff and then also was able to get it produced. And so, Again, I had this great fortune of sort of like my very first beer thing being like super high visibility and like totally bananas, you know, like totally bananas special package kind of thing. Yeah, which is really cool because <laughs> it ties. I mean, I, I was drawn to that one too. Obviously, the photos that are you know for, uh, you know look incredible, but just that you know black and white, the gig case, you know, that classic like spray painted, you know wear and tear look to it you know tying back to your love of music it's really kind of um you know kind of comes full circle with everything that you had worked on and you know been doing up to that point so yeah for a 12 pack of beer it's it's extremely badass so i you know, i really dig it thanks yeah it was it was a it was a just a perfect fit all the way around you know so it was pretty awesome yeah go big yeah you don't you don't seem to do anything uh kind of small so yeah it's like you know that in Paris, that in Paris Hilton, yeah. So we good, yeah. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of my approach too when it comes to like packaging stuff. So, like, another thing that was fun to do is like the Salamos. Uh, like, I just did one thing for them, like a one-off. But like, um, I always want to like, I'm just having, I guess, the background where you know I'm in mean, work with music artists, right? So like, they're pretty creative too, but. Then you got like A and R guys and marketing people that sort of want to dumb stuff down. So I quickly learned it's like shoot for the like above the moon. So when you get ratcheted down, you might hit the moon. You know what I mean? So a lot of times when I'm pitching idea, like sometimes I'm like oh shit, I got to figure out how this is actually going to get made. <laughs> but like let's see what they say first. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'll I'll go pretty pretty bonkers on like a packaging idea. Yeah, the conquest one is great. Yeah, the it's uh, again. These are all. I mean, Matt's making my life super easy. But varnishstudio.com, and you can see the portfolio of the uh, the Qu conquest bottle, which was a collaboration between Solomoth and the brewery. But it's just you know, it's you know, kind of has a very old sort of like 
scripture, you know, uh, writings to it with the the gold the gold cover, and it's got a you know beautiful wax to it. So it's really it's really simple, but really elegant because it's got it's got a lot of depth, um, you know, with the the lettering and also the layers to the the print on it. You know, it looks like it's taken from a you know from an old secret book you'd find a you know a treasure map in, and I think that's probably was that how it was cased too? Was it almost a look like a book? The the box for that. Yeah, so it comes in like a like a scotch cylinder, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a like a and it, you you hit the nail on the head. The the series was they were doing these I think this is the third that they had done, but they'd done the they were like um the, the horsemen of the apocalypse, you know? And so um this one was like the white horse, hence the white um wax. But uh, I got the crazy idea to I took the entire um, online, you can you know go and find old documents, and I found the Book of Revelation from the Gutenberg Bible, and I threaded it all together, and and then it's like it's completely a, that the cylinder is like in, in, encased in in it. It's really hard to see. It's like it becomes like a textural detail, but I'm like, oh well, this is like let's just go write the source material here and like use it as a, a design element. So it's it's all it's like sort of enshrined around it. It's supposed to look like some ancient tome you know that you found and threw the dust off of and there's a bottle inside <laughs> i vibe it i feel it yeah that's what i was going for like little indiana jones-esque right there yeah well yeah 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 it's awesome yeah now we came now you you work with roadhouse brewing you work with coda brewing like i said before the brewery um we came to learn of you through uh, brewery west so what is i see you do a lot of work with them also is that are you you know what's the, what's your role there? I know you do you've done a label or two for them, but you also kind of curate other really you know amazing artists from around the world. Yeah, so they um, that's another like one of these interesting like chains of things happening. But it, at the LA Beer Fest in 2012, which was at the Union Station, I was walking around in one of my freshly designed Lost Abbey T-shirts, and. Uh, I met Brian Mercer, who at the time was a gypsy brewer. And um, he liked my shirt. We started talking. And, and so I, I've actually like been talking with him at different levels of like, hey, can I do something? You know, like, can we work together kind of thing? And he has this super interesting, like sort of anti-brand approach to things that <laughs> from at the very beginning was very hard for me to understand as a designer, you know, it's like, well, how, how will people know what you are about if you're having different art and different graphics every single time? So anyway, so he, you know, like go, go through the years, he, he's doing his thing and he had one location that almost, he almost got. And then, then they found their home in San Pedro and um, I actually took a trip from San Diego up to, Santa Barbara with John Schultz and Luke from Coda Brewing. And we stopped in and saw his brewery right when it was brand new and kind of like, Hey man, me again, you know, <laughs> cause I hadn't done any work, official work for him yet. And then, so we, you know, and then he, we started to talk some more and then we started to work on some labels. So his, his thing is like, he's actually, he's the, the curator. So he's got an amazing eye for really cool art. And, um, it's all been real organic, but the stuff that I would say is most visible now is like these super cool, like double wrap 
multi-circle die cut labels and stuff. But, you know, we, we started just by making four inch round stickers on 16 ounce cans. And, and he, he and I, I think worked together so well because he's a push the limit guy. Right. And so the four inch round became like, well, what if we, you know, what if we like, you could die cut one, can you die cut a bunch? And like, yeah, check that out. You know? And so, um, I think it was super collider was the beer where, um, we take this, this guy's really great. He's on Instagram too. Uh, Matt Mills. Actually, I'm not sure of his handle, but, um, but so his art was on that. And that's where we, I think had about nine or 10 different die cuts that, you know, we were like, okay, here's the circumference of the can. Let's just put the die cuts on there. Like where it goes around and, and it, the whole, his whole thing was he wanted it to look like really like this beer is so fresh. We just took a bunch of rad stickers and slapped them on and put them in the, in the store. It's not too slick. It's not like a can wrap, you know, it's not like, like a super well-fitted rectangle or anything, you know? And so, uh, so that's how that sort of was born. And then, then we kept playing and pushing, you know, like, and so what he'll do is he'll go, okay, here's the art. This is an artist here, you know, here's the thing. And then we'll look at different formations of it. Excuse me. And, um, you know, and then, so we just kept pushing and pushing like, can we do this? Can we do that? What happens if we, you know, start putting stickers on top of stickers? What happens then, you know? And so that's kind of how that, uh, that all sort of was born. I just pulled up that guy's, his, it's Matt Mills art. He's does really cool, um, abstract, colorful stuff that you'll, if you look at, at his Instagram page, you'll probably recognize some of the base art for the cans. So in this, so in that context, I'm sort of like, you know, like a, I don't know what you call it, an art remixer, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. <laughs> the, Brian sort of tasked me with like, well, we want to, we want to be, we want to honor these artists but we also want to like be brewery West, you know? So it's not like we're just putting somebody's art on a can. We have to put our spin on it. And I think we've been really successful at sort of melding those two things, you know? And we do it through like these, like these wild, you know, multi-wrap die cuts. Yeah. What, I mean, this is like not, yeah, this is a, like logistically, how do you, like, how do those go on? Is it done by hand? <laughs> I actually can't talk about that too much. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <laughs> I mean, not cool. Not to be a jerk, but no, that's not new. No. I love that yeah, shit. I love when I for a hey. while. <laughs> Good. So, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, um, good on you guys. No, I'm yeah. fine with that. That doesn't even bother me in the least. But it just seems like okay. It's yeah, whatever. Don't worry. Yeah, I know because that's what I like about it. Like I'm not like I can't. I because I'm the more I do this, I learn more. I've been to a few facilities and you know, I get to show. I, I kind of see and. I figured out how some folks do it with unique die cuts, and there's that, like, I, I can't figure out these. So I've never been to L.A., so maybe I'll come and visit and check it out, but I have no idea how, how that's happening. So kudos to you guys. So, yeah, I don't want to. It's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of like, pushing different people to do things that they don't think you can do. Hell, yeah. Isn't that, <laughs> which, yeah. Is, which has totally been the name of my game, so it's a perfect fit, you know? Yeah, right. You're the king of that, yeah. Yeah, because even, like, I, yeah, because the guy, the one, the one artist I've really been following a lot is Nitros. You know, his murals yeah. and stuff with, like, the reconstructing of, like, kind of, like, the tears of the body and, like, skeleton. Yeah, and just some of the work I've seen him do is there's a great video of him doing a huge mural, I think, in, like, Germany. Yeah, so that's what I – and that's another nod to, you know, to what they're doing over there. It's just they're pretty amazing artists that you that are being a part of it and just, you know, what we're doing here. So it's – and I think it's a big 
tip of the cap to you that you know they tr they trust that you're gonna bring unique like like a, you're saying like a remix or the box set of it right you're bringing a unique spin and you're helping it bring the life without just slapping a you know a wrap of just the image around which again these the image the, the base images are, are amazing in and of itself so i mean that would just be fine but i think that to push the boundaries i mean i can't think of anybody the closest i th uh, company that does really unique die cuts is probably is on our coast is burlington beer company but i think what you guys are doing with the the circles and kind of the floating is i can't think of anybody else doing anything like that so you know keep that shit on lock <laughs> thanks man <laughs> it's a lot of fun and it's actually like it, it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, brain exercise too because uh you have to think not only in three dimensions but then like layers layered three dimensions yeah yeah so you must yeah i'm just sitting there staring at my screen like scratching my chin i'm like trust me i'm actually working and figuring out something very complex yeah it's like head. fucking it's like crazy <laughs> sorry my language but it's like crazy geometry meets like legos yeah. and yeah so I, mean, I, I think i have a better idea now but we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline are back see folks what i tell you mr varnish delivers he is a storyteller he just runs it you know i just basically set the mic and let it go he's got the goods and he delivers and it's just a wonderful time to to learn about you know art design his career which is incredible you know and i think one of the things you also look at it too and it's not an insulting thing to say right because a lot of these stories are about being in the right place at the right time it's also a little bit of luck Mixed with hard work, passion, and at the end of the day, you have to fucking deliver. You have to be a good at what you do. You got to practice your craft. You have to be committed to it. You have to be creative, and it's not easy. You know, we got advice for those people, you know, on the up and coming. We got it for the, you know, if you're impassioned and been doing it for a while. If you listen to this episode, you don't take something away, then I, I got nothing for you. This is definitely an inspiring one, you know. You know, the, the, the double hustle that he's rocking, you know, wearing multiple hats, grinding, knowing what he wants. It It's just really impressive. I mean, it's it, that's really what it comes down to. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunities out there and you, know, you got to go out there and take it. You know, go big, be creative, think of things and don't give up. You know, I, I just love this. is This is one that resonated with me. It was really good because, you know. I had no expectations, you know, I was I was definitely loving another, you know, six degrees of separation from, you know, my boys and fish, you know, obviously, you know, the fact that he won a Grammy and, you know, my background kind of aligning with his, you know, being so impassioned about music, but he's a normal, humble dude. I mean, he's a Grammy award winning, you know, artist for the work with, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is just an amazing mouthful to say. And he's... Loves being a dad, you know, he loves his family, he loves what he's doing, and he's just, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude, who I look forward to hanging out with in the future in Colorado. And I, I just think that this is a great episode. I always, I, I don't think they mean anything to people, but I love when we get to like another, you know, 10 episodes, you know, and so this is being episode 90, it's near the end of season 8, and really is just a warm and fuzzy loving it and just really you know, again appreciate everything that you know, matt did you know being a part of this it was great varnishstudio.com matt varnish 
on Instagram. We are the 16-ounce canvas, and let's just get right back into it. This is a longer episode. Matt's got a lot to say, so let's listen. Enjoy. Part 2, Matt Varnish, episode 90, 16-ounce canvas. Here we go, yo. Since your portfolio is so vast, what is your typical kind of like week or product life cycle like? How are you know, because... You're working on really, like, what are you working on now? Like, how does that, how does your day-to-day kind of go? It just seems like you're doing, like, completely, you're all over the, the, the spectrum, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, right now, um, uh, how do I do it all? I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, like, are you, are you a good, like, are you a good project management? Because, before, like, organizing no. of your time kind of guy? I, I wish I could be honest and say that I was, but no, I like I, no, I like that, Matt. You're not you. You couldn't lie to yeah. me if you tried. That's the best part. You just like, yeah. <laughs> no, that, so that's the thing. Like, um, you know, I've got. I, I'm. I think it also helps that I have a lot going on because, like, Roadhouse, for instance, who I love, and I love working with, like miles apart from Brewery West. You know, you get this kind of like outdoorsy sort of like throwback vibe thing with like red black and white and gold you know and and i just do these real sort of crisp clean illustrations for their stuff and i've never really found myself as like an amazing illustrator but early on when i started making some drawings for them like that i actually thought might might be executed by a professional illustrator like we love it i'm like cool i made that so let's keep going with it but, uh, you know, so, like, I do that, and then I've got, like, Flying Machine Brewing Company, which they just opened their doors not too long ago. Totally different aesthetic. Coda um, here in Golden. And um, I just, you know, like, I think because I'm probably crazy ADHD guy, like, I can go from one thing to the next, and it doesn't bother me. It actually keeps me, like, fresh, you know? Like, if I had to look at any one of them, all the time, I might be like, Ugh, I'm bored, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no offense to any of my clients, but you know, it's just like, it just keeps me pinging around. And then I like that exercise of, of like shifting the gears, you know, like, cause you really do like have to get into what's going on. And each of these brands that I've helped shape has their own like voice and, you know, visual identity and all that. And, um, I like to sort of just like, that's why when I sent my crazy picture, I'm wearing all those hats, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I was like, what is it? I had no idea what to make of that. I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, so we asked for, we asked for biopics with the guests so we can do those images and we asked for me straight. And Matt sent me the craziest fucking photo. He's wearing like literally, when these people say they're busy wearing multiple hats, Matt has like six hats on like, uh, a Cheshire cat grin on his face with like the American flag. It's just, yeah. I was like, this guy is trouble. This is going to be interesting. So yeah, I'm glad you lived up to that <laughs> wacky photo, man. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, I like, um, I like, again, I, I said this, I think at the beginning, I, like, I feel really blessed that I can, I mean, I'm just sitting here in my, I used to have a cool guy office in LA and uh, for a little bit in Denver and I just decided I'm tired of spending my money on it and I don't like commuting. So I'm sitting here in a little tiny, you know, office in a, in the suburbs, like cranking stuff out. And I get to do that. And, you know, I've got my super nice Wacom tablet that I've always wanted and I can just make art and I'm surrounded by a messy desk with hats and beer bottles and <laughs> a, gra- a Grammy. 
Grammy, yeah. It's where do you, over there on the mantle. Yeah, where do you keep yeah, where do you keep the Grammy? Like that yeah, would, it's above it's above the fireplace, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely I, that shit would like show up in like my Christmas card every year. Like, you know, like I have like four, twelve panes, but every pane would just be the the Grammy every year. Like, yep, there it is. Yep. Making it's it all funny possible. because I kind of forget about it sometimes and it actually could use a dusting, but it just seems like I mean, I I liked that. I liked winning it. Of course, I liked the process. Um, and it's just such a weird thing to get an award because it kind of changes your thinking a little bit. Because then you like think, well, can I get an award for this? But I, it just it also was a reminder of like, like I didn't even I actually honestly didn't know that that was an award an art director could get until I got nominated for it because I really didn't pay attention to the Grammys. And uh, but so it's like this reminder of like the pure creative motivation you know because like at that time i just like worked on that record i just dumped everything i had into it you know like i'm like working with the chili peppers <laughs> this is amazing you know and that's so that's a good reminder like i should treat every project like that you know yeah anyway did you go like <laughs> what now not to be insulted yeah. right are they is that the ones that they don't show on, did they show that on tv did you get to be on tv no i'm a, i'm the pre-award ceremony that is also coupled with things like best children's uh, narration or um, best liner notes of a classical Civil War era album. <laughs> oh, good. You know. Oh, with, yeah. oh, yeah. That guy's awesome. Johan Jansen. He's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's tons of awards that are handed out, and there's a pre-ceremony. And it's actually gotten a little bit more production value since I went to that one. Yeah. Like, you can stream it online and stuff. Yeah, so I thought. Yeah, yeah, every year it would be kind of like they'd blip in, like, one or two and give it, like, you know, they'd summarize... Yeah whole night like two minutes and then it got like more yeah yeah so that's that's incredible man that's a, yeah that's such a great story i mean i think that that's kind of what i like about your story is you're just you you're a grinder you work really hard you're passionate about what you do you love you love what you do and you know i, I it's a i don't know if, if people are well, yeah this is a good segue for the next question if somebody was kind of getting started right because we get a lot of we get a lot of emails and messages from like people who are just either out of university or maybe kind of a few years in and looking for advice, you know, what kind of advice would you give somebody, you know, somebody just getting their feet wet in, in, you know, art direction or graphic design or, you know, art, you know, to, to kind of go for it. Well, I think that generally speaking, creatives can have a lot of uh, doubt and, and um, just, you know, be fearful at least I was, and I kind of noticed it. I, I, I haven't done it recently, but I used to go back to the University of Missouri and give talks and to the seniors about what I do and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, you get these kids and they have these like scared looks in their faces because they got to go go for a job and stuff. But like, I would, you know, I, I would you just got to put yourself out there, you know, like those promos that I was sending out or you know, just making the call to the art director after he got done with a portfolio visit at, you know, in, in my school and stuff. It's like nothing risked, nothing gained, right? Like, you know, if so much of, uh, so much of where I'm at is just because I sort of just like put my hand over my eyes and stepped over the cliff, you know, like, I think I can do this. Whoop, let's go try it. You know, like, and, um, and then, and of course, then this goes to the personal side, but then like, I think having that pressure of actually having to do it makes me really um, sort of good crazy on then executing stuff. So this isn't a succinct answer to the question, but 
no, there's no, there's no, there's no formula to, to life, and I think that's yeah, yeah. And I, it's like I, I just think that the more you sort of put yourself out and take risks and and try um, and and get in front of people, like you know, I I mean, this is something I haven't done in a while, but like you go to a conference or you go to a talk or you go to a thing and like push your way up to the front and talk to that person that just gave the thing at the end of the speech, you know, like I, I, one time we, um, God, I'm not, I'm going to blank on the studio, but they, they were kind of like these hot designers, you know, when I was in school at the late end of the nineties, we went to this talk in Chicago, like a student conference and, and I, I had bought fonts from these guys, you know, I'm like, oh, I love their studio. I love what they do. C26, I think was the font, the name of the font group. Um, and so I just like, was like, I'm in town and I'd love to interview you for my school, blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> and so I like kind of like elbowed my way into their studio and I'm like sitting down. It's like a husband and a wife team and then their designers and I'm like interviewing them, talking and I had my portfolio with them and I'll never forget like, because <laughs> at this point I, I my stuff was looking pretty whack you know and uh, I had this great interview it was super inspiring I loved being in their studio and then I showed them my portfolio and I could see on their faces <laughs> they're like how the hell did this guy get inside of our four walls yeah right but like I didn't care I just I had got I gleaned something off of that you know and it probably even motivated me once I like, could see that they thought my shit was whack to like get, figure out why it was whack you know right and i think some of that i think that's i don't know i think that having things that aren't you know always the best is is a learning experience i i still have the first hour of the first radio i ever did because i was just excited that for whatever reason i could go into a studio on campus and they would let me do a show so i was like, i'm gonna record this i was like i don't know if i'm ever gonna be allowed back here and it is one of the worst audio experiences known to man like the my grasp of my grasp of diction like my the flow a not not to mention i can't barely work the equipment so like where i would say oh we're gonna hear some dave matthews right now and then you hear like you're like banging around in the studio like trying yeah. to figure out which buttons to hit and like it's all on tape and i'm like oh but i love it because it's 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 all it's so bad that it but it shows where you've come from. And I think that that's important too. Exactly. I think to fall on your face and even have shitty jobs you don't like are almost as important as those dream jobs. Totally. Yeah. Like you didn't, you just wanted to do it. Yeah. You I didn't know what yeah. you're doing, but it, you could, you could have sat there and go, Oh my God, I don't know how to quietly put it on the song. I don't, you know, and like you could have just questioned yourself out of that whole experience. Yeah. You're just like, screw it. I'm going for it. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about. I, yeah, I think sometimes you just you put know? put your chips down and, Believe in yourself. I mean, you're not going to, you know, I don't know. Even the old sports analogy, you know, guys make it to the Hall of Fame when they hit 300. And if you do the math, that means three out of 10 times they were successful. Like, that's not really that great, you know. And so it's just, right. you know, but there's, you know, you're up there and you're doing it. And I think that's, and I think it's important. If, if you're, not, I always try to evolve, even doing this, you know, I learned a lot about, I used to talk over the interviews because I was so excited to have another, the next question. Like, you might have mentioned, a band, you know, in the beginning of your thing. And I probably, if this was a year ago or 18 months ago, I would have jumped to talk about that band and missed the rest of your story. And so I have to, it's, it's, I don't know, it's how, it's how you look at things. And that's kind of, these questions are not only for me, but, you know, I think it's just I, the idea that somebody might listen to this and learn how to do something differently is really cool. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. I, I just, you know, it's, um, it's mushy science being a creative and doing these sorts of things. There's not like a formula, but really it's just like, I think that the, and I mean, this would apply outside of creative aspects as well, but it's just, it's easy to hear a voice inside of you that is going to cast doubt, you know, it's like, I think we all have that capacity. And um, if you can turn it down or off or even use it to your advantage, like, oh, I'll show you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Now, two, I have a couple more, but uh, since we're ner- with nerdy questions, uh, since you're yeah. working on these, all these different files and these different, you know, clients and stuff, do you have a, varnish naming convention do you have a certain way you name your files this is one of my newer questions that is, that's I, I, a good question yeah I, I love yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do too yeah so um it's a file organization system that i kind of was exposed to uh early on and i just have kept and it's like i tried i mean it, I've, it's gotten a little bit looser than before but um basically there's a project folder and inside the project folder I use the extension name for every file or, you know, a folder with an extent. So there's a PSD, there's an EPS, there's an ILL, there's a PDF, but then that has sort of morphed, you know, because especially with the beer stuff, like you're going to need a a tent, um, you know, t-shirts, hats, socks, glasses and stuff. So then I sort of group that stuff at the top level. So you you got flying machine and uh, I just look at the folder so I can use it. Yeah. So it's like, so that instead of having the, the PSDs and stuff, each like category will have a folder. And then inside that are all those different things. So, you know, their merch folder has inside of it hats, sweats, stickers, T-shirts. And then inside of those, there's PSD, ILL, EPS, PDS. Okay. And then and then my naming convention is I usually try to use like a somewhat short um like for their name, like FMB Co for Flying Machine. Like Brewery West is BW. Right. And then I, I, I don't know why, but like visually, I can't stand looking at lower cases or, or title case file names. So everything's always all caps. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's no spaces. It's all underscores. Yeah, I'm an underscore guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably the most organized place I am in my entire life is on my computer. <laughs> so, yeah. Like it's easy to do, you know, like move it around and yeah. Cool. No, I uh, yeah, mine's roughly it's like client. I, I use I use kind of Camelback, so I guess I think that's like the first letter of each word is capitalized. And I definitely use underscore. I add a date, which I use a European style, and then I put like the version of the file, so it'll be you know what's today's date since you know uh, I do like twenty seven nov eighteen underscore version you know v2 or something like that and so yeah yeah but yeah similar See, the, the date thing the date thing i i could probably benefit to use because what i'll find myself doing a lot like especially if it's like a logo presentation i'm like man okay i got all these versions but which one you know and then i'll have to sort by date modified you know yeah. on the os i'm like okay it's that guy at the top <laughs> yeah but so it's yeah, kind of a, it's kind of evolution of that is the you know the idea that uh yeah, that's kind of where you know what I was doing with that. I was realizing because then, but then sometimes I forget to update one of the. I figure if I at least have two things that are 
like linear like that with date or version, I, I should remember to at least update one of the two, if not both. And so sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'll have like version six that'll be from like six months ago. I'm like, oh, I forgot to update that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So also, like I said, the, the, your portfolio is really impressive. And um, the brewery, the, the brewery Taru, uh, Tara, I, don't know, I never yeah. else say that. Is it Taru? That's right. You got it right. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, I know how to do that. Editing that shit out. Edit point. Totally. Brewery Taru. So I really, I mean, I, I was really, I, I thought that was a really smart decision on their part is that rebranding and, you know, what they were kind of, ex- or a, a brand extension, excuse me, for kind of their, their funkier and, and sour beers. I think they're, they're renowned for those, you know, um, Tarted Darkness yeah. is probably one of my favorite beers, you know, period. And so I just, I was, I was just really excited to, to see that was yours. Those labels and details, the, the line work, it has a really, you know, classic, you know, etching look to it. It's really, the more you, you dive into it, you know, it's really there. It's funky. You know, it's got a funky color palette, which it fits being the sours, but it's just a really, it, it really benefits from that hand-drawn, you know, vibe to it, which, and it's really uh, intricate. So I just, I don't, I don't even know if I have any questions there. I just wanted to tell you that you did a fucking awesome job. Well, thanks. And that was a fun one because, like, um, they put up so much that uh, my big design challenge on that was to create something where we have, like, a templated format that doesn't look templated, you know? And so the label... Um, you know, we're using metallic gold on like the information panel and it's got like a die cut shape. And um, there's actually, I, I don't know if they, <laughs> here's the rub. I made that template so well that they don't need me. <laughs> right. So I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done those in a while, but like um, at the beginning, it was like, there was an emboss hit on the logo name and then like some uh, like UV gloss too. And uh and so what you, you know, the idea was like, they're going to be throwing beers at me super fast and I need to be able to like swap out some colors and change the background and be able to push it back out without like reinventing the wheel every time. So it's a super robust template. And, um, but it, you know, it's like complicated simplicity or simplistic complication. I don't know which way to say that, but you know, it's, you just, you got, I had a couple of layers where you could, here's how you change the half toning on the logo. Here's where you change the shade. Here's, you know, on the, the drop shadow blah, and here's the background and boop, you got a brand new label. And then it feels like a tight family too. So I actually had so much fun doing that because that one was like, I had just finished the brewery's website and then Ben Weiss, who used to work for them, um, came approached me during a, I don't know, it was a 2015 or 14 GABF and sort of gave me the top secret. We're going to have a new brand thing and asked if I wanted to pitch in on the logos, you know? And uh, I knew yes, I was going to be up against. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, it's one of those things again. Here's an opportunity. I knew I was going to be up against some other people. And um, I, I, you know, it, I mean, I'm not complaining. It just wasn't a giant budget. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. We're going to freaking. I had at that time I had an intern guy helping me and I tapped a couple of designer friends and I, you know, we sort of like guys all hands on deck, got to make some rad shit here and like throw all these logos together. And I even showed them what it looks like on bottles and growlers and shirts and caps. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not just showing, like if I'm up against some competition and I want this thing, I'm not going to show you a logo. Let me show you how this logo lives across your ecosystem. You know what I mean? So yeah, so I pulled all the stops out and got the job. 
but I, I told the creative direction that I was sort of coming up with for this project was like, what would it look like if like a French farmhouse brewer went to town, you know, back turn of the century or something, spent a lot of money on a label that he's going to use across all of his beers that he makes. Yeah. You know, and then that's how it came about. Yeah. No, cause <laughs> I, I, I think that that it's, um, sometimes it's lost on people is the, the power of a, a strong font and, you know, type, I think. And this, these labels do a great job of that because they sit on top of these fun, you know, unique patterns. But to your point, they, those, that logo sits, sits strong. You know, it has, you know, the, the, you know, the, the flag below it, you know, with, you know, the name of the specific beer, you know, and there's different colors, but they're all, you know, you know, they're all related. So it's, uh, right. And I mean, it's just perfect. And also, again, for folks, when you're thinking, hey, I want to work on a label, you know, there's other things you have to think about. How's the tap handle going to look? How's the coaster going to look? How's the, the keg ring going to look? How's the, the box or the, the packaging? And yeah. it's, it's such a more dynamic process and just, okay, I'm going to make this, you know, little, you know, whatever, whatever the dimensions are, we'll just say, you know, 12 by 8, whatever, you know, logo or design and then pass it off, you know. If you think big, then people will treat you bigger too. So I think I think that was a smart way to win that work. But also, it goes into the you know, your box set work and all these like detailed pieces that were just you know more than just you know one trick. You know they were all integrated, and it's just uh, it's uh, again, yeah, it's 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 perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks. I, I think I suffer for, good, for better or for worse for from perfectionism. You know, when it comes to some of this stuff. And so that's why, like, I get super detaily and, you know, and like, even when it's like a keg collar, you know, like, I'm like, man, let me, let me make the keg collar. Cause that's gotta look badass. I mean, I could probably chill out a little bit and realize that's just going to be bar owners and stuff, but I'm like, nah, this has got to look as rad as your label, you know? So Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I don't know. I'm drawn to like, you know, you see, it depends, especially, some bar, you know, have the taps that are almost like nested on the, where you sit. Other ones put them in the back of the bar behind the yeah the staff. And if if they're behind, then it really needs to stand out so that you're you know what is that or what do you have here? And if you're making those choices, and so I don't know if there's if there's brewery on tap anywhere. I mean, I'm on the East Coast. We get it. You know, we don't get it very often. We just get some of the the shelfies. But when we do, man, it's. I think I was in Chicago and there was a bar that had a bunch and they had, uh, like I said, Tart of Darkness on tap. And I was like, all right, sorry, sorry, Chicago beers. I know you have some great ones here, but I'm drinking this all right. night. And I was like, done and done. Yeah. Well, they got that place in DC now, though, right? Is yeah. That helping you get some. Yeah, stuff? yeah, we, yeah. I, and I, I trade enough. I have, I was doing inventory. I have, you know, a good, a few of my friends were in the, uh, were in the Hoarders Club. So I definitely benefited from that for uh, a while. Yeah. Have they have have you seen the Hoarder Society box that's been going out? No, uh, most recent uh, thing is a quarter, quarterly release. Uh, I saw it a couple like a year and a half ago. It was like almost like a suitcase, like a traveling like kind of thing. But I don't think it's probably the new one you're talking about. Yeah, I, I did the new one. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty rad. <laughs> Some wacky beers. Pretty, yeah. pretty, I mean, I'm saying rad like beers. You know, I'm happy oh, with yeah. my design, but they just the stuff they make is like so crazy yeah black tuesday is like it's one of my jams and so the fact that's like the base variant for a lot of these experimental beers has been pretty awesome yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
So the last question is kind of, this is a cool one, especially for someone with your music background. You know, as we talked about when we started my former life, I was a DJ. What type of, you know, what music are you listening to or, you know, what's on, on the, you know, Varnish playlist, you know, even, you know, even just recently, you know, this is really a little self-serving. lets me, you know, get turned on to new music. Obviously your, your portfolio is pretty music heavy. So I would just love to kind of know what, you know, what's rocking over there at the studio. <laughs> so, um, I have a little bit of a schizophrenic taste, but a lot of <clears throat> actually probably 90% of my music listening is um, during work. So I work best when it's sort of like non-vocal stuff. I mean, I, I, so I, uh, I, I listen to a lot of like explosions in the sky and album leaf and um this will destroy you that sort of like post-rock kind of stuff you know mm -hmm. um i used to when i had a studio i used to torture everyone on fridays because i'm sort of a steely dan dork <laughs> yeah <laughs> like right about three o'clock on a friday but it's like steely dan friday um and i i sometimes will do that here but it's just me so it's not as fun <laughs> but, but yeah um what else uh I um I also really love Odessa. Just like yeah. listen to their albums all the time. And um I kinda like will go on kicks. I mean like, you know, one of my like heavy rotation any time of my life is gonna be some Beastie Boys because that's just like that's me in high school, you know? But um and also I will get on like this kick where I'm like I want to listen to all the metric albums, which I don't, I don't know if I can totally explain why I, I do that. But it's just like, if I put one on, I'll, I'll start to listen to a bunch of them. So I'm actually just looking at my Spotify to see what I've been doing recently. I had, I was, looks like I was on, there's the metric and some rogue wave album. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, a lot of this will destroy you recently. Yeah, I want to get the new yep. Beastie Boys book. That looks pretty badass. I'm ho I'm gonna, that's what, yeah, I'm I've been dropping yeah. heavy hints. Yeah, me heavy too. Heavy hints for Christmas on that. So one. if you're listening to this and you're a, you're yeah you're AJ or a Matt uh, friend looking to get something, you know what's gonna happen, dude. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna end up with like six copies of that, right? Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah. They were on one of the 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 shows recently, the night shows, and it was awesome. I saw them '94 uh, Lollapalooza. And it it changed my uh, perception of live music forever. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I, I, my fun story is that "Check Your Head" was released on my 18th birthday in '92. It was like pretty... such a cool moment. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "What?" Like, because I had because I remember one of the first tapes I had was I think I remember it was like a black party and, and I think the local radio state we got them to come or somehow we had tapes and I, so if people say what's your first tapes they, I mean I got Bon Jovi and uh, Beastie Boys the same day so to be factually accurate it's two but I, yeah I was the license to ill and even the if you look at the new Eminem album it's definitely uh, an, an homage to, to the license to the ill jet uh, which is cool and oh, so yeah, yeah. It's in the cover yeah. yeah it's definitely yeah that's what I mean <laughs> The album is Larry. definitely not, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, it's almost an exact replica of it, um, which I don't think, I don't think the kids get, but anyway, right. I showed, I showed to a buddy at work and he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, cause he's like, oh, do you hear the new Kamikaze album? And I'm like, I love Eminem. I think he's great. I was like, 
oh, that's licensed to L. That's pretty cool. And they're like, what is that? I was like, oh. I was Oof. like, if you weren't, yeah. I was like, if you weren't already my friend, I would fucking totally question your you know, existence here. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, that that's good. Like when people show that, and you're like, oh, well, I already like you, so it's cool. But you're a fucking trained right. right now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's 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 definitely. But uh, yeah, I remember that getting those tapes, and it was just like, holy crap. And then check your head was like, that's they made that right turn, and it was amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, then you could say Paul's boutique. Yeah, Paul's, I mean, Paul's, Paul's boutique, boutique yeah, right. yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> now we could, yeah, we could go all day doing this. So, all right, cool. So, yeah. um, all right, Matt. Well, you're a uh, you're natural, my friend. It was uh, it was very easy. I think we could probably do a two parter. Um, I definitely, uh, like I said, I have some I have some next level ideas for the the project. So maybe we'll we'll talk about that because I, I would definitely love to, to sit down with you, you know, again in the future. Sure, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, dude, it was great. You're like I said, you're natural. Your your portfolio, your your hard work is uh, inspiring. I think people will really dig it, and you know, like I look forward to to seeing what you got next. You know, and which of these, you know, I think you need to get a wider angle lens for more. If you start wearing more hats, though, for those photos, but other than that, will be good. Right. But still plan. I'm still planning to come out to Colorado next year. So if we don't meet before then, I definitely. Uh, We'll love to, uh, to grab a beer at, you know, in 3D. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Cool. For sure. If you ever get out of east, right. you know, if you ever come out east for anything, you know, I'm, a, I'm a quick train ride to New York City, so just let me know. Okay. We, we are, you're in Connecticut, you said? <laughs> yeah, it's not very exciting. So that's why I just said I'm closer to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're near, near New Haven. If you're, if, you're, if you're a big, uh, like, New Haven pizza kind of geek, it's pretty, it's pretty iconic up here. Nice. All right. All right. All right. Until next time. Until next time, my friends. And there you have it, folks. The man, the myth, the legend. Varnish. Mr. Varnish to you. Matt Taylor to some. Matt Varnish. Varnishstudio.com. Matt Varnish on the gram of Insta. And again, huge thanks to Matt for being a part of it. I feel I feel blessed. I mean, that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. I am truly blessed to have met amazing people like you. And you and the emails we get, the texts, the messages, you know, it's just, uh, it's a really, been a really blessed and positive experience for me. We exceed expectations every week. We meet incredible people. I'm actually working on the map so we can see all these great breweries and where the artists are and we can support them. And it's just wonderful. I don't know about you. When I go in the liquor store now, I mean, obviously, I'm going there to get some brews, you know, maybe some you know, cocktails. But I look around and I get, I, get just, I get chills sometimes. I look around and I say, I don't see it as... It's like Matrix for me. I don't see it as, oh, this is this brewery or this is this. I look and I see, oh, there's Matt. There's Joe. There's Lisa. There's Craig. I, and I see, and that's how I see it. Oh, there's Robbie. Right? There's Steve. And it's, it's wonderful. Oh, hey, look, there's Carl and Kevin and, every, you know, and Dean and everybody. You know, it's just super, oh, look, there's a height. It, it's it's a wonderful experience, and I hope it has given you a new perspective on those beers that you're drinking. 
made you look at that can a little bit longer. You know, look at that, you know, look at the new work that they're doing with, you know, Hops and Branding's doing with the crew over in New England. There's just a lot of hard work, a lot of thought goes into things. And there's people behind that. And it's wonderful. So, like, I, we, like we've been saying for a while, when you hold that can in your hand, you hold that bottle, maybe after you finish pouring it out or before you throw it out, whatever you're doing, you know, just hold your hand, maybe just give it another second. Hold your hand another second longer. You know, give it the full, you know, rotation like you're showing your ass off to somebody. You just spin it around and look at it. Check it out. Realize what went into that. That, you know, the blood, sweat, and beers, right? And it's just people are working really hard to do something really unique, and we're it's a great time. Never been a better time to be a beer drinker. It doesn't mean it's easy work for the breweries and for the artists and the whole crew that goes into it. But just really appreciate that, you know. And this episode is is a good culmination of what we've been working on. The reason we're back on the air, so to speak, is because of, you know, my love of music, you know, being able to create something unique. And so to have somebody like Matt who's worked on, you know, a slew of different, you know, verticals from, you know, we talk about, you know, World of Warcraft. He, you know, worked on that, Diablo. You know, I still, I still, I still get at it, do a little gaming. You can find me on Xbox, Baba Booey. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Which, again, much love to Mr. Stern. He's one of the main reasons that I do this. But, you know, the work with Lost Abbey and those ultimate box sets is fucking phenomenal. What it looks like, you know, you know, the gear casings, you know, the work he's done, you know, with some amazing, you know, artists and just Tim Burton and the brewery and Solemn Oath and, you know, again, My Chemical Romance, my boy Trey, 30 Seconds to Mars, you know, obviously Red Hot Chili Peppers. And the list goes on and on. And it's a great tie-in because it just shows what a versatile artist is, shows how powerful craft beer is. And it shows that really the possibilities are endless. If, at the end of the day, what we've got 90 artists that we've shared with you. We've got a shitload more that we're going to share with you. And one thing that's common is that these folks all work really hard. And they're all bringing you different, you know, styles and flavors of something that, you know, we can get them all together, which would be killer, right? They all come over the house, we all hang out, get a little bonfire and chill. But if I'd laid down all the same materials for everybody and and said, you know, draw me like one of your French girls, we'd all get different, you know, we get different looks and feels and styles and interpretations. And it's 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 wonderful. And I think that's just a great way to end this episode. You know, huge thanks to to Mr. Varnish. Much love. Look forward to connecting, you know, when I'm in when I'm in Colorado next year. And just want to thank everybody for all their support. 16 ounce canvas, 16 ouncecanvas.com. Head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you get your groove on with us. Leave a review, ratings. We love it. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you. Until next week, thank you.